Where is the... <laughs> Where's the uh, chat window for this app? Where did they put that? Oh, I see it. Chat. It's a big button that this says chat. This is our chat. glorious host, host here, folks. He's huge... the one directing this play. There's literally a oh huge God. button that this says chat. Disaster. <laughs> Kids, it's that time. The UK is leaving itself. Pokemon roam the streets unattended, and XP Podcast is back from Christmas break. Happy Christmas. New Year, everyone! <laughs> that's, that's, that's an inside joke. Uh-huh. How's everyone's year going so far? Don't answer that. I'm your host, DJ Pimp Daddy, and tonight our uh, guest host spanned three continents, so we're going to really tax those undersea fibers. Uh, so tonight with me, we got the Illuminous Whiteberry, hailing from the, you're somewhere, what, Denmark, is that correct? I'm sorry, I have a lot of feedback here, I can't hear what you're saying. You can't, you, you gotta mute, you gotta mute the button. <laughs> mute yourself. <laughs> we'll come back to her. Uh, we got Raytech Rages, hailing from down under. G'day, Cobra, how you doing? <laughs> Okay, now you're just acting. And of yep, course, you're right, I am. We have Braxwood all the way from the Midwest, wherever that is. Yeah, yeah. Braxwolf, and it's about 200 miles from you are, probably. <laughs> we have a good ping, is what you're saying. Yeah, um, in fact, your ping looks really good. I like your ping. <laughs> is this what the kitties are calling it nowadays? <laughs> So uh, I want to send a shout out to our lovely live chat listeners over at uh, Mixler's, Mixler.com slash Players Alliance. Uh, the chat room shall be uh, exploding tonight because this show has been hyped. There, there has definitely been a lot of hype for the show. <laughs> so uh, this is XP Quest Podcast Episode 7. We are streaming live on July the 7th, 2016, and our show topic tonight is Fallout 4, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Institute. I thought that was the most fitting title ever. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to get some uh, feedback about the Institute versus Brotherhood of Steel. That will will definitely come along at some point. (laughs) Hell, I'll represent the railroad here. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. (laughs) So, uh... I guess right off the bat, uh, for the the one person that doesn't know what Fallout 4 is, uh, it's an open-world action role-playing video game developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It is the fifth major installment in the Fallout series, and the game was re- released uh, worldwide November 10th, 2015 for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbone. I will keep calling it the Xbone. And, of course, it is set in a post-apocalyptic Boston in the year 2287, 210 years after a devastating nuclear war in which the player character emerges from an underground bunker known as the Vault. So let's just get right into this. Uh, Everybody in this chat, uh, not everybody in the chat, everybody in this uh, podcast, uh, I hand-selected because you guys are like, you each play... 
really unique ways. Like, uh, I, I brought Raytac in because you've done several Let's Plays about this on uh, YouTube. Had a, mm-hmm. a, a, including one, like, role-playing one, which I thought was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we, we, one of the few. <laughs> it's good. It's it's out there. We should go watch that. Uh, we got... Um, we got, of course, uh, Whiteberry, who is the, the, the queen of um, decorating things. I, I guess that's the best way to put it. You're huge in the landmark. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you just love getting in there and tinkering with all the little settings. And if you could make a gigantic pie, you probably would have out of scrap metal, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and then, of course, we had I had to bring in Braxwolf because his play style is completely opposite from my play style so i it, like i need a yin and a yang so I'm gonna you know what's to... funny uh, dj the the first time you pinged me about doing this podcast episode was literally the first day that i launched fallout 4 to try it out <laughs> and here we are i've been playing it for like five months now <laughs> nice oh that's funny okay so um yeah, you've been hooked. You've been caught though by the bug. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of been my game in 2016. So. <laughs> That's been your game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, since we actually started planning this episode, they have released tons of DLC, uh, including this thing called Automatron Wasteland Workshop, Far Harbor Contraptions Workshop, and a Vault Tech Workshop. And they have plans to release Nuka World next month. <clears throat> so. How many of you guys, right off the bat, have even got the DLC? I've got the season pass. Um, admittedly, I've only uh, played uh, Automotron and the Wasteland Workshop, and I fell off the wagon about then. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm exactly in the same spot from a DLC standpoint. I've, I've got the season pass. Far Harbor is sitting there waiting for me, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and finish the the actual vanilla part of the story first, though. And I'm getting closer to that. I'm, I'm going slow. You know, you, you don't do a couple hours a night, and sometimes you get distracted. So uh, it's gone slowly, but I'm getting there, and I will make it through all the DLC eventually. And I've been... Um, I've, I have nothing. <laughs> I, have, uh, <laughs> I haven't actually played the, the main game through yet, so I'm just waiting for me to get back into the game and, and do that before I do anything about the DLC. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I modded the game heavily, like, right off the bat, and I think that sort of ruined my experience with the DLC. Because when the DLC came out, it literally seemed just like fancy mods that have already mm-hmm. been released to some extent. But I think I do want to go back and play, like, the story-driven DLC, like Far Harbor and Nuka World. That, that seems... I guess appropriate, <laughs> but uh, they can't they can't trick me in with fancy you know automatrons and workshops and stuff. Once you've been in the institute, you can never go back out. <laughs> it's all just I junk after that, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right off the bat, uh, I guess do. You, have any of you guys played any of the past Fallout games or Elder Scrolls? Um, we'll start with you, Raytech. Like, what, what, what's your what's your history behind Bethesda games? Uh, my history with Bethesda, Bethesda games starts from uh, Oblivion. That was pretty much my first. Uh, no, actually, no. I tell a lie. I 
must raise my hand. I tell a lie. I actually <laughs> did play um, the Elder Scrolls, the original one, number one. Wow. <laughs> I did play Gadagafall. I skipped Morrowind. Um, I played Oblivion after that, Skyrim. I've mixed Fallout 3 into there somewhere. I did, yeah, I picked that up. And, uh, and Fallout 4, of course. Nice. What about you, uh, Brax? Well, uh, Skyrim probably was my first experience with the Bethesda game, and it was amazing, and I still haven't finished it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, here, here's a funny story. So the way I got Fallout 4 um, was... It was right around Christmas time when stuff was going on sale, and and I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd really like to grab that game. I've heard a lot of people talking about playing it. I don't usually buy games right when they first come out, so I tweeted something about, hey, I'd really like to try this Fallout game sometime. And within about ten minutes, my Steam uh, library had popped up and said, "You've been gifted Fallout Three. You've been gifted Fallout Four, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so some people who were following me on Twitter were, were being very generous that day. Whiteberry, I will call you out, was one of the people that donated one of those games to me. Um, <laughs> and it's, it actually made it so I could, I probably wouldn't have bought the season pass, except I hadn't paid any money for Fallout 4. So I felt like I really might as well go ahead and throw some money since I'm, I'm using it so much. <laughs> so... Uh, going to try and- I guess what, uh, what difficulty settings is everyone playing it on? Because I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit I'm I suck at these games, so I gotta play on like you know just straight up sissy settings. Um, I haven't changed anything, so I guess I'm just playing on the default uh, mm-hmm. level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, normal I'm, for me. Yeah, no, normal here too. I'm more of a uh, experience the story kind of player, not hardcore. Mm. <laughs> so uh i guess one of the things that i've noticed about all three of you is uh several of you i believe have replayed the entire thing or at least started over several times like how what are the reasons that you guys have replayed it's obviously probably not because you reach the end of the story and you just want to try a different branch like uh Raytech, i think you restarted because you you just kept adding mods until you broke the game. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I did actually break break the game once. Uh, second time, actually, no, it did break the game once. But generally, it's because of the uh, the settle the way the settlement system works. Um, I just kept adding mods to the point where the actual whole thing broke down, and I honestly got bored with the settlement system after a while. The <laughs> uh, Brax. You seem like you're taking more of the the story driven. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. But I, I'm I'm not powering through the story either. I'm kind of taking a leisurely way through it. There's nights when I get in and I'm like, I'm not sure I want to do this quite yet, you know, because I don't know if I'm going to have to commit to something. So I'm just going to go explore an area instead, you know. So I, it's it just depends on what I feel like that night. Do you have any uh, replays, Whiteberry? Um, well, I I don't have replays, but I have restarts <laughs> because I'm completely obsessive about knowing that what I'm doing is what I really want to do. So um, I've done a couple of times in the start where I just restarted the whole game because I had to see what um, what the, the the next option gave me. 
what where that led to. If I took another That's option, you know, I know, <laughs> but you know, and and then I get, you know, I don't want to go back to the old one I played, so I just build a new uh, house and stuff and continue from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I remember the tweet where I sent you a picture of my house, and I think I blew your mind uh, that you could you could stack walls and make like a double high building, and that was like a game changer because I remember you be getting so excited. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna build a barn. <laughs> exactly. I can imagine you going into your settlement and just devastating whatever you had and starting over. <laughs> and it was it was really awesome what you had done there. I'm still excited about it. <laughs> So uh, the the entire game, of course, is set in a post-apocalyptic world, and uh, I'm trying not to laugh at this gigantic message that's in the. <laughs> it's in, you can all check our tweet feed. There, there's this gigantic message that someone stuck right in the middle of the document. Um, bastards! The post-apocalyptic world, <laughs> <laughs> bastards! <yeah. laughs> it's. Uh, it's just criminals. <laughs> Sorry. Hoodlums. Broke oh, by in. the way, I, I have no idea what a PG rating is, but I guess I shouldn't swear. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, show skin. Although this is a you know, it's okay, an audio I'll try podcast. to contain myself. Oh, damn, I'm gonna cover up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's all these. Uh, uh, the whole plot is basically you 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 survive. Uh, a nuclear holocaust by living in a vault and then you uh, something in all these almost every single one of the these stories something happens to sort of eject you out of the vault and then you have to make you have to sort of fend for yourself in the wasteland and uh it's the game is incredibly bleak like does anybody like almost get depressed playing the game at points where you just have to sort of take a break from <laughs> playing it because like when you play games like Skyrim and, and Oblivion, you're just like, there's all these lush, you know, things. And you're just like, I, you always want to see what's over the next mountain. Right. In this game, you're just like, it's just hopelessness and just death everywhere. <laughs> Does anybody... I, can, I, I can, I can honestly say no. Mm. Okay. The same for me, actually. I, uh, it's a bit surprising, but I, I actually find it, kind of beautiful um walking around and exploring um it i i would have expected to it getting d depressing as well but it, it's actually soothing in some kind of way the nuclear war is soothing yeah <laughs> some people want to watch the world burn yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i enjoy it that's a gist of it hmm. So, for myself, the bleakness wasn't in the landscape. It was the the situations where you found like some skeletons being posed. <laughs> that I found depressing. Yeah, that I had that as a bullet point really far down in the document. But I had that is one of the things that like whoever's placing items in the world, they have they have both. Uh, a, a sick sense of humor <laughs> as well as like they know how to hit you right in the in the feels you know oh yes yeah oh, yes. like there's like skeletons next to you know like little cradles and stuff and then they have like skeletons doing like 
very awkward positions like <laughs> you know they died having <laughs> sex in a toilet or something i don't know it's my favorite some... is uh, the one where there's like mannequins around um a bathtub <laughs> like all the way around a bathtub and then there's a skeleton in the bathtub it's it, I was just, I think I was sitting there for half an hour trying to figure out what the story was in this. <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting point because every single one's like a miniature scene that you almost have to interpret for yourself. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting that the, the devs would take that kind of time to sort of uh, put all these little Easter eggy things in there. Mm. Yeah. So I think, DJ, before we go on, I, I think they're, the interesting thing about Fallout 4, though, versus I played a little bit of 3 before I went to four and I felt three was a little more, at least what I played of it, a little more bleak from the standpoint of there wasn't as much hope kind of injected into the game. At least the, some of the characters that I run into in fallout four, um, they're really trying to, to struggle for the good of humanity, right? They're really trying mm -hmm. to rebuild. And I think that spark of hope is something that it, it kind of contrasts fairly nicely with the despair that you see around you that out, it's kind of a phoenix type thing right out of the ashes humanity is rising again which was kind of kind of a cool theme to run through the game mm -hmm. it's an interesting thought i'm wondering does anybody recall how far after the attack i guess that fallout 3 actually happened was it like 210 years or was it like immediately after i think uh, fallout 3 takes place about uh don't uh, quote me on this but i think it's around uh somewhere between 20 to 50 years before fallout 4 uh, well basically yeah before fallout 4 so they're, they're fairly close together hmm. i say you know after you know after the attack unlike the one i did on that uh, one town yeah i totally blew up that mm. town in fallout 3 <laughs> <laughs> i'll admit that i wanted the nice palace that was a good. That was a good apartment I got out of that. <laughs> Those guys in that town were jerks too. <laughs> okay, so uh, it it does seem like, uh, especially with uh, you, you touched on that, Brax. With the there's a lot of game mechanics in this game that sort of do make you stop and think about. There's like subtle lessons that are lurking below the surfaces. Uh, and there were so many times where I would do something in the game and I actually legitimately felt bad. <laughs> and that's, it's rare that a game makes me feel that way. Like even games where you have the ability to like quick, quick save and then, you know, jump backwards, you know, like, I don't know what it was like in an oblivion or Skyrim. I just had no qualms about just slaughtering somebody you know just like, they're just in my way and I just run them down right but I mean especially in Oblivion too I you know I, I love the Thieves Guild you know I actually felt good stealing but in this game like when you're in an NPC's house you know and you see just how decrepit and you know how there's much despair is I felt bad like taking water from them you know yeah. just when they're not looking you're just like I will help myself. It's not like they're not struggling already. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Did, did anybody else have any, like, feelings in this game that sort of crossed over into real life where it actually made you stop and think about some of these situations? Um, pretty much the uh, the final scene of the main quest line, yeah. 
You go ahead, white bread. Um, I have with um, it's it's fairly in the start where you have to um, save this woman at a gas station from two um, people who are trying to get their money from uh, the drugs her son bought. Ah, uh, yes, I do recall that quest. Yeah, and there's there's like um, two different scenarios you can choose from there as well, and I felt really bad about both of them because you know. Uh, none of them were sort of magically saving her son from the drugs and everything. But, um, yeah, I, there wasn't one that was better than the other, but I, I did feel bad because, you know, it's not, none of those I, I would have chosen in real life um, if I would ever be in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and there were, there were several of these um, where I think, okay, this is not what I want to do, but you only have these three options. Yeah. I So I, I guess that sort of touched on something that I, w- I was thinking of as a question later. Uh, was there was there more or less points, I guess, where you thought the dialogue choices were limiting you down a path that you sort of didn't want to take? Or do you think that there was adequate amounts of branching to sort of your story arc I think 9 yeah. out of 10 times it was okay but um, there was that you know, 1 out of 10 times where I would definitely have chosen some, some other way mm-hmm. to be quite honest um, when you first get into Sanctuary after the uh, the whole tutorial it, I'm sorry but uh, that was pitiful to the uh, the writers whoever did that Mm. No. <laughs> I guess the good news is that's like right at the beginning of the game, so you forget about it <laughs> unless you start the game well, over. <laughs> yeah. There is that, but okay. right, so are are you talking about the dialogue where you where you meet the robot and he's sort of Oh, I'm glad you're back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but after that you the main character loses all steam. There's like, okay, he should be like so gun ho about retrieve of if you okay i'm gonna include spoilers so any anybody who hasn't (laughs) known about this so i'm going to mute you you. (laughs) (laughs) if you haven't known this already spoiler link picks up the sword (laughs) in the the first hour of the game i mean (laughs) okay (laughs) if you're not so gung-ho about retrieving your son why are you good either that they should have rewritten the actual sanctuary thing to be more violent so you were felt like you needed to um build this sort of uh, like power base to Mm. go get your son it was just so lackluster yeah yeah hey (laughs) i know you're you're on a a mission to save your son but let's go kill some rad roaches in these buildings that nobody's in (laughs) a settlement needs your help yeah Ooh, candy bar So, uh, in, ch- uh, in chat, uh, Sigtrix actually points out, yes, there was a big disconnect right at the beginning. Looking for my kid. Oh, wait, let's build up a settlement. Let's do it! <laughs> so, yeah. I agree. I-, I completely forgot about the kid and just started building. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm so saying. Like, I guess that's a good point you have there. There is an amazing amount of, you know, fantastic, you know, cartoons out there literally about that point of <laughs> someone looking for their kid and then suddenly they're just like the mayor of a town and you know <laughs> I don't 
I don't recall Skyrim being that bad, but it did have a very similar problem where the main quest is almost forgettable amongst all the noise. You know, some of the side quests are like the best things in the entire part of Skyrim. That's true. At least Skyrim dumped you straight in the middle of things and you could go like turn left and have no problem about not following the quest line. Yeah. Like a dragon attacks right off the bat. Mm. <laughs> or in my exactly. case, you know, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Best mod ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> for a while there, I had the Thomas the Train one. That was just as amusing. <laughs> so. Okay, I didn't, never went that far with my modding, but anyway. <laughs> it's just like, they're like, what's that noise? Toot, toot. You're like, <laughs> it comes flying in. Oh, it's a great mod. Look that one up. <laughs> so, uh, the game is set in what's to be a fairly accurate scaled down version of Boston. So uh, there's actually endless reviews online of people, especially on like Tumblr and Reddit and all that, just going out and finding uh, these actual spots. And there's so many landmarks and, and, and places that are actually exist inside of Boston. Uh, I guess like did, does the fact that like all of the weird turmoil in the world does that it, it impact what you would think? I guess the, the the problems of showing a game where you know it's like decimated. Like I, I guess a good example of this is like there's still controversy around like the the Call of Duty series where they show like you know Washington D.C. just utterly destroyed and fighting and and I've even heard stories of like some of the overseas terrorists like Al-Qaeda using pictures and images from Call of Duty, you know, just to sort of motivate people. That, yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> like, does any of that sort of cross over into places where you almost wish they wouldn't use real real life places, I guess? when they're? I like doing... it, actually. DJ. I, I like that uh, it, it kind of, it brings a sense of realism to it, a sense of, uh, mm. of you know, actually, uh, an, this, is, this being an alternate timeline in a in a world that we kind of understand um the, the thing i liked about boston is how they tied the minutemen in as a um kind of a, a, a patriot you know the minutemen in our world happened in in a certain time period and i don't realize i don't remember if they did that in theirs as well but it, they're kind of they're still around and they're they're still kind of fighting for freedom it's just a different kind of freedom now and it, yeah. i just liked how they tied that faction into uh this particular place because boston's so symbolic of that whole revolutionary period for the U for the united states mm -hmm. actually um i don't know i might be going off on a little bit of a tangent here but i think i've actually nutted out the uh, the main uh the, the linchpin the turning point of the fallout uh, universe <laughs> two hours and it happened right around the time when they were developing the atom bomb. There was one scientist who stumbled on the creation of microwaves. And with this, they were able to basically go into like long range communication. That's sort all of, sort of business like with the war and such. But the Fallout universe doesn't have microwaves. They don't hmm. have this sort of signal. So then they never developed it which is kind of interesting. interesting. 
Yeah, they um, they went more more the nuclear route than. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> than the transistor route, which which is yeah. one of the main differences in the technology, and why you see, you know, fifty style things all over the place because they're still using technology that we would consider really old, even even though it's hundreds of years later. Well, I did. I did see somewhere that somebody, when they were sort of interpreting the game, they said that the Fallout uh, universe, it was it was built in a world where the price of you know fossil fuels and gasoline was just astronomically high, which is why they sort of went the nuclear route. But the downside of that is it makes every single burnt out car you know a time bomb <laughs> i have been killed by so oh, such many, lovely time bombs too so many cars have just you know you see a car on fire and you're like run dog <laughs> uh so uh <clears throat> skyrim versus fallout right <clears throat> we brought this up a few times i think i'm choking on hosting <clears throat> don't mind me <laughs> uh do you think a Fallout MMO would ever actually work, sort of, given the success of ESO? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I, I would say I would prefer not to see... You know what I prefer to see, DJ? I'd prefer to see some kind of a uh, co-op multiplayer just within the game itself. This I agree on. Yeah, I could agree mm, on that fact, That could too. work. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I've been asking for that for Skyrim as well, but uh, can't have everything. <laughs> I, I, I would totally have to agree in that point because I, while ESO is wonderful, it still just lacks the. I don't know. It, it, there's something about it that sort of just. It's like it. It feels like a dirty Skyrim. I, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Sig and Chad is also agreeing. He says small scale multiplayer would have been great. Uh, and of course, uh, Andang is saying the problem with Fallout MMO is uh, 20 million players all trying to loot the same corpse in a wasteland. <laughs> Could you imagine 20 million players moving skeletons around in weird ways? <laughs> that would happen. That would be amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> that would happen. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, do you guys think the, uh, the game would be as good without the modding community? Hell no. <laughs> uh, uh, no, actually not. Uh, uh, the actual Fallout 4 itself it, in a vanilla is probably a, a reasonable game, but, um, Bethesda rely on their modders. And uh, the current modding crisis that they're having with uh, bringing modding to uh, consoles is fun as hell to watch. <laughs> PC Master Race. No. Um, the Yeah, it, it, that is an interesting subject because it's like uh, the... I don't think I've, I've ever played any of the Bethesda games without modding them to some extent. Like, I just, like, I have to. And even... Do you recall, I think when, when Fallout 4 first came out, they Bethesda told everybody they're not going to allow mods or they, they did something to sort of prevent it. And then the first thing the modding community did was like, nope, we're still going to make our own. And then they just sort of went around all their, their, their barriers. Uh, so uh, just so the people listening know, there, there has been some controversy, I guess, around 
I guess it's something to do with letting PC-based mods end up on Xbox and PlayStation versions of the game. I honestly don't know enough about it, but I know that there's some sort of a controversy going on. Does anybody have anything? Well, <clears throat> yes, let me fill you on this. I've been following this topic with great interest. It's uh, pretty much the the people on the uh, the Nexus, where most of the uh, PC uh, mods generally do end up, have been ever since the Fallout 4 came out. Uh, basically, uh, other people, and probably I would say some people have got more interest in the consoles than others, are taking mods directly from the Nexus and uploading it to the Bethesda.net site without the permission of the original mod author. Hmm. Yeah, see, so I... There's, yeah. I, I, and Bethesda wasn't doing anything to police that. Exactly. Oh, so it's more like a... a I guess a... a original Who's IP moderating the moderators? Yeah. <laughs> Modding the, mo uh, moderating the mods. Apparently there's... On Bethesda.net, the, the moderator's structure there is non-existent. So Sigtrick in, in chat is saying uh, Xbox Live and PSN require content to be approved before it is allowed on your network, so all those mods need to be approved for one. I could, yeah, I could see that taking forever. I also think there's some there's some size limitations because of the hardware mm. and everything. You know, I, I think there's I don't remember if it's per mod or overall the number of mods, but there's a size limitation for consoles. I and it doesn't help that uh, mods that uh, most. The, the most of the mod authors that I know of, they do a lot of compression, so they can get their mods down to a fairly small size. Yet, uh, to get mods on Xbox, the files have to be uncompressed. <laughs> so it severely limits them as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, DJ, I wanted to go back to your original question, because your question was, do you think that the game would be better without mods or is better with mods? Better is a subjective term, so that's a little bit tough. But I, I think what's interesting about having a good, vibrant modding community is that it, ex it extends the tail of the game. You know, Skyrim mm -hmm. has been a great, popular game, and they're even remastering it now for a long period of time because it's a different game every time you play it, depending on which mod you've decided to install. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I think, I don't know whether better or worse is the right uh, way to put that, but it definitely puts your game out there for a longer period of time and gets, you know, more people involved in it. <laughs> I know, I'll be going back to Skyrim once the uh, remaster comes out. Yeah, so I, I, I had to get in my phone to look this picture up. I literally took a screenshot of something I saw on Imager. Somebody released a mod called Enderall, and it's called The Shards of Order. And it is a complete conversion mod for Skyrim. So it's like a completely new game, end to end, new world, new items, new everything, new story. Almost like somebody took the, the wow. Skyrim engine and just made it a whole new game. <laughs> it's called Enderal. Mm -hmm. I'll put that in the show notes. But I I saw that and I'm like, it gives me hope that their games are flexible enough to where the modders can just sort of go crazy with the uh, with, with, with the uh, the support, I guess, or the nots or I don't know the about, no support. I don't know about I don't know about flexible enough. They haven't updated their engine in uh, like decades. True. <laughs> I'm not sure if the game is better with or without mods, but um, it's definitely better with a modding community and the possibilities mm. of modding. I think any any game is is better with that as long as it's voluntary. 
mm-hmm. um, what you install, right? Yep. Now, uh, w- one thing I do appreciate about Bethesda games is access to that stupid console on the PC. Like, I find it a lot easier, or it, 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 it's a lot less nervous, nerve-wracking for me when I come across a game-breaking bug you know, a day after a game comes out, and if it's a Bethesda game, you could usually just sort of port your way around the problem somehow using the console. Has oh. anybody mm. had any of those situations where you just had to sort of cheat your way through something to sort of get around a, an early game bug? Not that I can remember. Yeah, I actually thought of it as really polished when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised that. You know, I I knew it was, it, you know, it was a finished game, but it's um, it was really really nicely done. I think it was minimal what I saw of bugs, really. Yeah, I I haven't had any trouble with bugs, but I I like the fact that you have access to the console if you need it. We have mm-hmm. I have used it for different. Uh, there's a mod that I use to be able to track your companions around, <laughs> and it requires the use of of a couple console commands to pick which which uh, companion you want to track. You know, you, you let them go, and sometimes you send them somewhere. You're like, where did I send that guy? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it's a nice curious. mod to have, and it's it's a nice way to uh, be able to, I guess, have access to that level of the game. I was uh, sitting here trying to rack my brain, trying to remember what it was that broke that made me actually sort of go deep into the console, and that's what it was. It was early game, like a week after getting the game, and that was one of the reasons I now I recall that I started over. I lost my dog, like oh. he like, <laughs> and if you Google on the internet, there's just huge threads of just like AI breaking where people, you send your dog somewhere and it never makes it there. And then there's, there's threads out there. And I was one of those people just sitting around like, where's my dog? (laughs) (laughs) It was so sad. (laughs) It's, it's one of the interesting things because I, I felt it particularly with the dog, you really get a, mm. a relationship with it. So it's, um, yeah. Yes. Speaking of the dog, there is a, just recently a mod that's come out that it allows you to actually um, keep dog meat along with a companion. And apparently that was actually in Bethesda wanted to keep dog meat with the character at all times. Hmm. But they, for whatever reason, they decided to split it off, make it its own companion. But uh, that's a, a mod that uh, if you're fond of dog meat <laughs> and would like to have other companions, nice. go check that out. <laughs> so uh, has anybody... I remember seeing in game there was a guy that came along and tries to sell you a dog. Has anybody mm. ever actually... I remember at the time I didn't have enough money and I sent him away, and I've never, I haven't seen him since. But like, how do, does anybody know how that mechanic worked? Was it just like a a pet Absolutely. that sort of stayed at your your place? Um, pretty much, it's a guard dog that uh, goes to a settlement. You and mm. it gives you defense. Hmm. Yeah, I I remember it. It was some traveling salesman, wasn't it? Or oh, traveling guy who couldn't feed it or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it. I I was sort of thinking. Okay, what what do I do with this dog, right? Because it's just sitting there in the doghouse, and I'm, mm. I was just trying everything in the book, but just let it be at, 
at the end. Yeah. yeah see, I never chose the dog because I was afraid it was going to make me give up dog meat at that point. I didn't realize how the companion system <laughs> All worked. Right. Like, yeah. Like, no, I just, I just got this dog. I don't need another dog. Oh, missed opportunities. You're gonna be the crazy dog guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sick trick in uh, chat. He said, "When I had enough money, he decided not to sell." <laughs> That's <Aww>. terrible. <laughs> oh. No dog for you. <laughs> you can you can trap dogs now, so. That is true, yeah. You can, you can yeah. trap death claws, right? Yeah, yeah. This is my pet death claw. Yay. So how many times did you guys come across uh, a, a, a monster that just totally decimated you? <laughs> like you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> or it didn't take me long. Um, I it was the I can barely remember the name, so that's probably a disc soul. The first one you meet when you get your power armor. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's the tough. first death claw. Yeah. When you're like level I, it, six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was um it, it just killed me like twelve times or something. And um I was thinking, okay, how 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 do I do this? And um, it took me a while to, to figure out and get the stuff first that I needed it and mm-hmm. so on. So, yeah. So, amusing side story. That that first battle, I didn't realize you had to put the, uh, you had to put the, the stupid power thing into the armor. So, I'm walking around with a dead power suit. <laughs> like, it's like you're chained to the ground. You're just like, and the whole time you're like, beep, 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 out of armor. <laughs> And I think that was the, that that you know Brax that I think we just had like a therapeutic moment that I think was what t- turned me off from the Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> I'm like these power suits <laughs> suck. Why is everyone loving these things? <laughs> I didn't have the battery in it. So there's a there's a pit so, somewhat early in the game where there is also a Deathclaw hiding within like a I don't remember if it's an old building or a broken down bus or something. And you go down into this pit and there's like just a, a box. Uh, in the middle of it and um you can't see the thing until until it's right on top of you and all of a sudden you're like ah death claw (laughs) they're never in a convenient spot Mm. (laughs) oh and how about i i just did um the uh museum of witchcraft luckily i'm a very high level now but that place is that i could see when they give you that quest you're only like level 15 or something and i could Hmm. see that being a real problem for people I think the the one that sticks out to me was the first time I'm sort of tromping across Boston, and you're fighting through all sorts of raiders and things, and then you get to Swan Lake or whatever that place is. Oh yeah, Swan. Mm. Oh wow, <laughs> was not expecting that. <laughs> I, I like I, I that was one of the few times where like I went through all of my explosives, <laughs> like I didn't have anything left. <laughs> You know, I went through there the first time and, and never triggered him. And then I, I was listening to a podcast and they were like, hey, that swan thing. And I'm like, swan thing? What is that? So I went back and I was high enough level that it didn't hurt me much. But wow, if I would have triggered it the first time I was there, that's another <laughs> challenge spot. That reminded me early in Skyrim when you're at Bleak Rock. Or is it Bleak Rock? At, uh, whatever the, the the first town you're Bleak, in. Bleak, Bleak Full Barrows. No, not ble- um what's the what's the town with the um it's like the first major well, town you go into. Um the first big town with um 
White Horse is it? White White Run. I White think. Run. Yeah. White Run. Yeah. Outside of White Run, you go tromping out into that field, and then you see a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, mammoths just walking around, and then there's that giant. And you're like, I should go play with the, the mammoths. And then the giant comes up and just knocks you to the other end of the world. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what that fight <laughs> with Swan was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I've we've stumbled into I've... an interesting thing about, about Bethesda games, though, is that when I had jumped into the, like Skyrim straight from an MMO and you don't have that kind of obvious level indicator for the content around you, I'm thinking, well... You know, they put me in this area at level 15, so all of this stuff around here should be level 15, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You learn the hard way when to wait to do something. Have you, uh, have any of you seen, like, a, there's maps out there on the internet where it shows, like, the general level of where you should be, and it's like a color chart, and it's amusing to yeah. see how far past those boundaries I went, like, Oh my god, no wonder I died so much. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a non-drawn line in the sand, you know? Yeah. I think the two instances that I had that I was right out of my depths was the Milo Queen at uh, the castle. Mm. I uh, did that quest a little too early in one playthrough. <laughs> I remember that. And there's a behemoth at um, Carhenge. If you you know you know what you're talking about, I'm talking about. There's a, a Stonehenge type arrangement with uh, cars, <laughs> and there's a, a, a is it a behemoth, a mutant mutant behemoth, one of those really pretty much like Swan. Okay. And uh, that caught me by surprise as well. I think there yeah. is, isn't there an achievement for killing like well, five of those giants or something like that. <laughs> there is. <laughs> I, I eventually took the fat man back to the castle because I tried so many times to kill that stupid Myrler queen. <laughs> okay. Aww. Where's the first time you guys that. found a fat man? Uh, where I first, first found a fat man or the most amusing uh, instance of using one? Uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can never remember where I found the first one, but my latest uh, thing for actually uh, using that is killing Kellogg. <laughs> you, I did that I think too. You recorded that too. I remember. Mm. I did the same thing. Yeah, I found it in the um, in the place pretty close to the starting location, <laughs> where you have a robot that you can reanimate. Uh, it's some oh, sort of yeah. scrapyard or or something like that. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that's the first that's... one I found. Yeah, sorry, yeah, like one of those of big sanctuary. Sarge robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember the first time I found one was I, I was in Boston and I turned a corner and I saw a guy up on like a walkway. And uh, and then sure enough, like all you hear is Bee! and you're just like, what did what is he? And then it was too late. <laughs> you know, like it's as soon as you hear that, it's too late. <laughs> no, I remember being blown, blown up by the uh, one that's uh, in a super mutant mutant camp inside a satellite dish array <laughs> and I was, I was sitting at far range like picking these guys off and all I hear is this missile going it's like, it's like, oh, okay. I remember the you? first time I used one as well it was um, uh, yeah it, it wasn't pretty it was um, by accident I think I had sort of tapped to the wrong uh, gun or something <laughs> so I actually shot a uh, and missed a skeleton. Yeah. 
nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing I love about the way they tell the story is that um, it's in this game there there's there's different ways they they tell stories and it's it's rarely through cutscenes right the cutscenes are sort of focused around the main quest but they do have uh, you have various details and stuff in your in your pit boy for the most part but there's also all these other fantastic methods that they they've used to sort of tell stories uh, that if you if you if you take the time to use them and find them and seek them out I think it just adds so much, but I wanted to get your opinions on it. Uh, the the two that I could talk about, you know, just right off the bat, is uh, finding the the hollow tapes where you have like you know various recordings and stuff of things that went on. That sort of harkened me back to the the Bioshock method of of of, of progressing a story along. And then of course the other one that I, I wrote down was uh, reading the diaries of the bosses that they write in these hacked terminals. Like, mm. does anybody oh. have any fantastic examples they want to talk about that they're? There is there is one that that springs to mind, and that is the uh, distress calls that you get on the Pip Boy. Mm. You track them down uh, to they're they're automated distress calls to people that have died long, long, long time ago. But then you just see the the end results, and then your mind may, basically builds the 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 history after that person has recorded that message, and where they're like died at. There's mm-hmm. one that I think of specifically. Uh, somebody made a, a fallout bunker in a scrapyard, mm-hmm. and sealed themselves in, and their their generator basically gave out and they all suffocated to death but um yeah it's rather bleak and dreary but um yeah that one really just stands out in my mind i definitely think, I definitely think um, it gives a, a creepy vibe to it just to have that you know the story told sometimes you know a hundred years after the fact in the case of mm. some of these stories yeah uh, 200 years, you know, depending on when, when this stuff actually happened with, with the terminals. And the, the one that I remember, I actually had to look up because I didn't really get it was there's, there's one that happened, um, kind of in the, uh, in the sewers, uh, sewer pipelines with a serial killer and a detective pursuing him. And, um, that was told through a series of five holotapes that you had to find as you were going through there. And I didn't get that that had happened. You know, I kept looking for the guy to kill. I didn't get that this was something that happened, yeah. you know, a hundred years before that, that I was just kind of stumbling upon uh, after they a, were both a, already gone. Uh, minus spoiler, that's a Valentine quest. Yeah. And, uh, and if I remember correctly, one of the DLCs that came out is like an extension of the Valentine quest. Isn't that correct? Is that what Far Harbor is? I wouldn't know. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I recall seeing somewhere that I think it's Far Harbor. That it's like a yeah. I, I know it starts with Valentine, but I don't. I don't know how far he goes into the actual story. Okay. One I thing haven't, I haven't yeah. listened to the spoilers yet. <laughs> One thing I um I enjoyed was um, the whole story with the lady who's addicted to drugs in your settlement. Mm. Kate. And um, because you find, uh, you know, later you find some small bits and pieces about her um, from other, you know, uh, from terminals oh. and stuff. And that's really interesting, I think. And also when you visit other vaults, um, you, you get some background story there as well. 
Hmm. Um, especially the one, uh, the vault with, with all the kids. That, um, that, that, that really made an impression on me. Yeah, that was tough. That was a tough yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Wait, there's a vault with kids? Spoiler! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it was as bad, though, as one of the first things you come on in Fall, Fallout 3 is like an old elementary school, and that was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, on, on the uh, train of elementary schools, how many people have thought about the, the uh, pink paste? Oh, God. Oh, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The goo. <laughs> that that one hit me in the feels. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> on to right of things. Yeah, on to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on to other. Yeah. Thanks for that level of depression. Um, on to other news. <laughs> we do a, a pine leaf cutscene. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is your? The game has a, a handful of 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 uh, uh, traveling companions that you could you could travel with that are in essence mules that can carry like a hundred or so pounds of stuff. They could do all sorts of attacks. They can do special things like hacking terminals or or opening locks or just providing snide comments all the time constantly. Thanks, Kate. Uh. Which are your favorite companions, and, and pretty much why? We'll start with you, Brax, since you're the fresh guy here. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question because I really, I really like the companions, uh, and I like that they all have kind of their own story that you discover as you travel around with them. That, so that's one of my favorite things to do is to pick up a new one and figure out what what makes them tick and what they like and don't like. I would say my favorite ones. I'm not really. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I would say probably Curie is my favorite one. Uh, she's the one that is a like a Mr. Handy robot that's been stuck down in a, in a vault for a long time, long period of time. Uh, and her, her scientist friends have died off a long time ago, and she continues to run all the experiments and stuff. Um, she's really cool because she's been she's been tucked away in this vault as long as you were frozen in a vault pretty much. So hmm. uh, it's kind of neat to hear her um, reacting to the devastation in kind of a robotic fashion, but still being surprised by how different everything is. Hmm. I also liked Kate just because she was so sassy, I think. Um, and, and Kate is a redemption story too. So it's, it's kind of fun that she has, has kind of pulled herself out of this uh, lifestyle of uh, addiction and, and self um, destruction in order to kind of, um, and then you learned a lot about her kind of family history and stuff through this too, as to why she's done what she's done in her life. And, and she kind of comes out a little bit better on the other side too. So that's kind of an uplifting story. So probably those are the two that I like the most dance is okay. Um, but, he can get kind of annoying too. And he's so big. It's like, get out of my way, dance. (laughs) (laughs) Can't see anything. I know this is going to surprise you. I never got him as a companion, (laughs) 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 but on the flip side, I couldn't get Kate to join me, you know, (laughs) in the Institute. I don't know why. (laughs) Weird. Uh, My uh, favorite one is, um, it's definitely dog meat. I, unlike, Breaks Wolf, I don't really like companions that much. And I, I don't like them in like MMOs either. 
um, I think it's something about sharing the glory or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I really like uh, dog meat. He's uh, he's the best. So did you ch- did you end up choosing any of the perks that sort of bonus you for traveling just with dog meat? Um, I I didn't realize there was any perks. Um, but uh, so if I could choose any, I haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah, there are some dog specific ones that you can pick as you level up. I think it was called right, the Lone okay. Wanderer or yeah. something like that. All right, no, I didn't go that route. I think like I. I know that I had a ton of problems because um, you, you can either go, you really have to like focus your character. So I actually ended up the second playthrough choosing my companion based upon my weaknesses. So I would always like have Kate with me to just pick locks everywhere. But of course <laughs> you fall in love with her. Then you, you know, you end up, you know, like Brack said, you sort of have, she is that, that, that redemptive thing uh, situation, no spoilers, but after that, it, I just kept her around for companionship. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it's wait, yeah. a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> sad but true. <laughs> it was like I was carrying around like you know one of those like Japanese pillows, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, those... <laughs> I can see that happening. Yeah. What about you, uh, Ray? Um. Okay, I can quite categorically say that uh, I've I've pretty much fell in love with Piper and Kate at the same time. So <laughs> that is a hard choice. Bo- well, no, there's no choice. You have them both. I mean, this, it lets you let you do it. So why the hell not? <laughs> um, Curie, on the other hand, is a little bit too innocent for my taste. For me personally. As the um, the evolution of Curie as she goes along, I'm not entirely sure how far we go with spoilers on that one. Um, yeah, Deacon, I stayed away I, from that too. <laughs> yeah, Deacon is de- is definitely a person that I did like having along. I did I I enjoyed Deacon admittedly because a I was playing Railroad at the time and I probably was always play railroad in future playthroughs and more than likely than not um dance himself is a bit of a stuck up uh, yeah I, I would like to use other words to be to describe dance but um yeah pompous ass deacon is cool because he changes clothes as you go along you'll, you'll mm. turn around and be like what are you wearing why are you pajama pants on you know <laughs> He's the only companion that does that. I remember in my first playthrough, I I, I had Preston with me, and I oh, really... thanks for reminding me. I, I was I was drawing a blank on his name, and I thought I <laughs> yeah. must be consciously blocking it out for some reason. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I had uh, Preston with me on my first playthrough, and I got sucked hard into those Minutemen quests, and the endless amount of. I have another distress. You know, I have another settlement that needs yeah. your help. Uh, yes, let's send the general, the most important person, to, to uh, rescue this person <laughs> again. That's the, uh, that's the uh, from the I most fortified encampment that you have. <laughs> yeah, that's the. I, I took an arrow to the knee joke. Is I have another settlement mm. that needs your help. <laughs> uh, 
so the second time I, I played through, I was like, I hate this guy with all my core. I do not want anything to do with this guy <laughs> because of just the endless side quests he sent me on. So I ended up, I found out, and I, I sat there and I strategized this out. When you do that that quest where you go up and you, you meet him in the museum and you the Deathclaw attacks and all that other stuff, you could get the power armor, you could kill the Deathclaw, and it fulfills the quest, but to advance that storyline into the Minutemen quest, you actually have to go back into the museum, find the guy, and tell him that, you know, you killed everybody, and then that advances it, and the next thing you know, you start the Minutemen quest, right? And then oh, he, yeah. he becomes an option. So I just never turned that quest in. And I left those poor guys inside that museum. And that's been the best playthrough I've ever had in my entire life. So that's my huge pro tip. Just leave them in the museum. Just they'll be stuck up there with you know. Just pick up that one magazine so you don't have to see them. Mm. You know. Actually, harking back to an original comment I made about like the lackluster of action in at the start of the game. If they landed you straight into that fight after leaving the vault, the game would have made so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think on my part, I really fancied uh, definitely dog meat and Kate. But yeah, you're, you're right, Piper. <laughs> the whole Piper and Kate, and they would even have like snide comments when they were near each other. Did Did you ever pick up on that? <laughs> yeah. Did you get Did you get the comments when you uh, dismiss one for for the other and? Uh, <laughs> The the one that Kate makes to Piper and about the threesomes. Uh, no, I you didn't get that one. Oh I must damn! Have well, that. Yeah. <laughs> now you give me. Now you'll be going back for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I already uninstalled. I uninstalled it. <laughs> you guys are gonna see me on I've Fallout to tomorrow. Know. You guys are gonna see me on Steam playing Fallout, and you guys are gonna call me out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sig in chat saying Barry just doesn't want to share her pies with her companions. That is so true. Yeah. But you know what? And that that has another level of meaning as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, this game has this torturous vending machine with a claw that lets you pick up a piece of pie and then it always slips through, right? Mm -hmm. That has to be Mm -hmm. like a nightmare situation for you, Barry. I spent like 24 hours on that. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But yes, that's really annoying. Isn't there... I have seen pictures of people that actually picked it up. There's got to be some weird trick to actually getting the piece of pie. Or is that just a RNG? Yeah, I think it's the RNG. Oh, RNG. (laughs) So you could actually get the piece of pie. See, now... Like tomorrow, you're going to see her in game and she's just going to die of dehydration trying to get this piece of pie. (laughs) (laughs) Even though she got like a nuclear bazooka in your backpack, you just can't get this piece of pie out of this glass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, we have covered a lot on this game. And uh, I think in the interest of uh, the listeners, we'll probably cut (laughs) the rest of this stuff out. Is there anything you think that we didn't talk about that, that sort of really made you love this game? Um, I have actually, something that really makes me loathe it, but we can mm, take that off. Loathe it? 
<laughs> there, there is one thing that I really do want to like um, talk, well, basically talk about a lot, um, enlighten on the the main point of the main. Co- I wouldn't say the main plot line. What's the game's greatest asset and what's its greatest failing? And I believe it is both the same thing, and that is the settlement system. Hmm. It's great for the first time you do it, for the first settlement you do it, but once you've done it for about 10, 15, 20 times, you just don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But you still have to do it. Mm, Exactly. I really tried the first playthrough to liberate every settlement and sort of build it up. But yeah, yeah the second time my, my intentions were a hundred percent, you know, uh, I guess, uh, uh, selfish. Like I, I wanted a, an awesome house for myself. I made squalor little huts for everybody else. And I only <laughs> kept them around just to generate food and water for me, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I made my own little army dressed all the same and they could just, I, I really wanted them to like walk in a, in a line, but I couldn't make that happen. <laughs> I, okay. Okay. On that subject, <laughs> I do remember seeing your tweets about that. And I thought that was hilarious that you actually crafted everybody in your settlements matching uniforms. <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, that was such a I actually had idea. Um, different uniforms for all the gardeners and different uniforms for the the sort of uh, <laughs> petrols and stuff. So, yeah, dictator Barry. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> so, DJ, I wanted to touch real quick on um, one of the things that even though I, I think Skyrim is a great game and I have a lot of fun in it, I'm still not a big fan of the um, of the combat in Skyrim, Skyrim when it comes to the melee part of it. I, I just don't I don't like the way that it works. And I think that the way they did the VAT system um, is really nice for guys that are, you know, you're in my age that <laughs> don't have the fast twitch muscles anymore that first person <laughs> shooters typically require. Yeah, um, agreed. it's a nice option to have. You don't have to use it, but it's really nice to have that option. Hmm. Although even the VAT system in Fallout 4, you still need to be a little bit twitchy to basically get, true. To get your good shots. Mm. That is true. But it, I, it's definitely not to the, the level. I mean, I had a heck of a time trying to swing an axe in Skyrim until I figured out that I'm much better with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think most of, the, most of the the fantasy lines, you know, the Elder Scrolls, I've almost always played like a sneaky comp- you know, person and it was more sneak up stealth, stealth kills, you know, and then sort of duck away <laughs> mm. or, you know, or like you said, take somebody out with a bow. So I, I rarely played as just a get in there toe to toe, you know, stand toe to toe and just hit each other with axes. I've done that with one playthrough of Skyrim. One, um, if I can just add one of the things I really like about Fallout that we haven't talked about is um it's a music i really really like it it's mm. um it's i know that there's a lot of people who who get really far bored really fast with it but i i really enjoy it i haven't you know muted it and put another soundtrack on or anything i um yeah, i think true. it's a good choice oh oh barry this is a shameless plug have you have you heard the uh, podcast i i did with uh game on for mmorpg.com where we interviewed enon zur 
No, no. Oh, go, go back and listen to that. It was a really fun episode. We interviewed the um, the composer for the Fallout music. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's a cool guy. I will have to check this out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Put, put the link in chat or in our <laughs> in, 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 <laughs> in, in, put it in the show docs. <laughs> yeah. Right next it's to the, my link, please. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The the uh, yeah. along, along, along world, with my world. YouTube channel. <laughs> Plug, plug. Okay. Uh, anyway, the uh, the other thing that I see with the Fallout 4, what excelled at was the actual map design, mm. whether it, where it actually went like vertically rather than um, basically trying to spread out as fast from one end of the uh, the map to the other. They condensed a lot of content in vertical slices, which was amazing within boston yes it was a fps drag with shadows and all that sort of crap mm -hmm. but um the actual design of the bit like the, the levels within the buildings was mm -hmm. amazing i really felt there was only i mean even when you're going through boston there was so many buildings i was amazed that you could actually go into that were just you know yeah. empty or something you know but you mm. know they had a couple cans sitting around but in most games like this, you would almost see just boarded up houses everywhere, you know? Yeah. There's still was, some boarded um, up houses, though. Yeah, there, there, there actually, is a significant amount. Sorry? Yeah, I was actually amazed about, um, you know, when I when I had the first look at, at Fallout, the map, um, I was just like, okay, this this isn't that impressive. Um, <laughs> but then as, as I got to the first uh, town and... You know, it took me a day to get through everything. I was just, okay, this might be a lot of things to explore here. <laughs> so um, that was a really good surprise for me because I had definitely expected that you could maybe go into one or two buildings and that was it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and supposedly Far Harbor is pretty decent size too. Mm. Has uh, anybody had any interest in playing the whatever it's like a, a hardcore they what do they call it survival mode <laughs> where not at all <laughs> no <laughs> no no that's not me that's the prize <laughs> awesome there were a lot of people excited for that but i yeah, i was not one of them i kept thinking you know what this this is an i i have enough challenge and survivability during my work day i'm i don't need to come home and <laughs> survival mode <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's yeah living fun. life is the ultimate survival mode yeah exactly <laughs> i'm just a strategic guy i <laughs> i don't even know what i do at work anymore <laughs> we're just a bunch of casuals here <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey we're all in, our, in the middle of our life where we've got the spare time we've got the spare money we don't really need to be we're actually, we don't really have a lot of spare time, but we've got the spare money. Um, we don't need to be like tapping out, like so putting hours into games and not enjoy them. Yeah, I got the money. Want to do something else? I got the money. I wish I could buy more time. <laughs> <laughs> There's the trade-off. I, 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 I crossed some threshold at some point <laughs> in the past few <laughs> years. Where I'm just like. <laughs> You know, I'm well off, but I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> so, uh, that's... Talking of shameless, so shameless plucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I f- shameless plugs. I spend I'm really well YouTube. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comfortable. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Which is why I don't accept donations personally for this show. See, that? See how I did the transition there? Oh, wow. Very smooth. <laughs> so, uh, on to XP Quest news. There is no news. See, that was an easy section. <laughs> yeah, there's been there's been nothing in six months. We're back. I think Andang yeah. posted some stuff. Uh, the only thing I, I'm really excited for is Farming Simulator 17 is coming out soon. So, yeah. Does this one have a Beats DLC? Get some. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't so, mind Farming Simulator 13, but the uh, the lag for it, for playing for anybody else that wasn't in Australia, was not impossible. Oh yeah, yeah. I played with some Germans, and that was bad. It, it not even just because we couldn't speak the same language. Like I don't even know how I got on their server, but it was bad. <laughs> uh, so in our Finding Time to Grind section, what are you playing this week, Whiteberry? Um, well, I'm, I'm selling my house at the moment and <laughs> buying a new one. So I'm not playing anything at the moment. Um, if I get time to play anything, it will be the long dark, which is awesome. And, um, I'm looking into folktale that I'm try- trying That's out. That's actually quite a good game. I've, I've played it when it was in development. I haven't played yeah. it lately, but it's um... still in development. So, mm, and I, as, as I understand it, it's been in development for many, many years. Um, but um, but it, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I Whiteberry, I've been like, I stalk your gaming feed because usually when you get passionately into something, you've really <laughs> launched into like a really good game. But you lost me at Salt. I just do not get that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wandering around in this like Zelda cartoony, you know, sea thing. I'm like finding pirates, and I I just don't get it. <laughs> I just had to give up. I gave up on salt. <laughs> okay, well it's it's um. Don't explain it. You'll like ruin a... it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shut up, Barry. Okay. No, no. You can, you can spit it out. I'm just being funny. <laughs> No, you're no not. it's it's just a cartoonish like survival game, I guess. Except you can't die. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I actually liked it because it's completely it's just exploring all the islands around you, really, and uh, getting things and building some big uh, boats and stuff. And yeah, it's it's very relaxing and enjoyable. I think. What was that game you played with the? We were stranded on a desert island, and you were just you had you were like the queen of collecting coconuts. Oh, that's uh, stranded deep. Stranded deep, it's, yeah. Um, it's an early access as a mo- at the moment. I really, really like this game. That game gave it's, me anxiety. Uh, <laughs> really? I like I lo- I would always lose my island, and then I'm like, oh, you know, you know, and I, just, I would never find my way back. Well, you you can actually find a compass, you know. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was too busy dying from the plague. (laughs) Looking for medicine. It's (laughs) it's still in very early development, but they're actually moving quite a lot on it uh, lately. So you can build like um, a distillery to um, 
not to make whiskey or something, but <laughs> to make uh, water from salt water and stuff. Okay. It's really, really well thought through and very realistic as far as it goes for games. <laughs> yeah. Speak. That just rang my, my my memory. Did any of you guys find the 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 robot in Fallout Four that is a it's a it's a brewery? Yes. <laughs> that hit home that for me. Sounds interesting. <laughs> it's one of the it's a protector bot that somebody jerry rigged to be a brewery and he, he literally <laughs> you could tell him to give you a beer and he will brew a beer and hand you a beer. Look that one up. That's 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 a quest for the right. <laughs> So Raytac, what are you playing? Okay, uh, basically there's a list of games that I've been playing, um, namely for recording for my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Raytech Rages, if anybody's <laughs> interested. Yeah, I've been playing uh, like two uh, mod packs for Minecraft, uh, F- FTB Infinity Evolved Skyblock, which I believe you're playing as well, uh, The DJ. longest game name ever. No, that's not the longest game name. I've, I've seen a few others, but uh, it's close. <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, basically focusing on the uh, technology side of things. Uh, DJ's focusing more on the magic side of things. If you want to check out his channel, um, the other mod pack I'm actually wait, wait, wait. playing. Did you just um... reverse plug my stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are good. I you are good. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, the other <laughs> mod, uh, mod pack that I'm playing is uh, I'm actually playtesting the full uh, final release of Regrowth. It's uh, also available on FTB or Feed the Beast launcher. Uh, the other games I've been playing is SimCity. I've been plugging my way through that, uh, trying to keep uh, like interest going with that one. That's also been going up on my channel. But uh, who knows, that one might get pulled at some stage or another because interest is waning with that. But anyway, on the side that's not going on to my channel, I've been playing Ark Survival Evolved with the Dinosaur Collectors and uh, myself and another, other cohorts are basically have a uh, modded uh, server that we like to uh, basically go to all insane lengths and get uh, mercilessly uh, killed with big sharp pointy teeth. <laughs> Big pointy teeth. And uh, the other thing that I've only recently got into is Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Or the game that has got that. <laughs> I hear a lot ga- about that. Yeah, the game that has managed to get me to go out of the house for a, for a half an hour walk around the block. <laughs> I kid you not. I use Ingress like, for that. It, it's, it's the same company. On, it's the same company, same engine. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I, I've uh, basically, uh, I used to lo- love playing uh, Pokemon way back in the yellow slash blue days. So um, <laughs> getting back into Pokemon, especially with the Go aspect, it's uh, been quite interesting. Running, even running into like people in the world that have, they're looking at their mobile phone <laughs> while you're going to a point of interest. You meet up, you talk a little bit about Pokemon, and you go your separate ways. It's being, it's quite surreal, actually. <laughs> That's interesting. Game companies finally breaking fourth walls, and <laughs> mm. it's uh, it's yeah, amazing. I am uh, I'm stoked. I can't wait to play the new version of Regrowth. Um, <laughs> that, that's 
that's going to be on my queued up stuff to play as soon as it actually gets released. I'm so a little jealous you got in. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Draculetta in uh, chat is saying Pokemon Go equals NSA tracker. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need some Twilight music here? <laughs> Brax. You've been well, uh, punching heroes through walls. Is that right? Yeah. So so Marvel Heroes just had their three-year anniversary last month, and it ran for the whole month, and they were giving out all kinds of loot and stuff, and I found it a good time to level several heroes and pick up a couple heroes as well. So that was a good time. I logged in every single day because they, they were giving away stuff just for logging in. So <laughs> I was doing that. Um, just started Tomb Raider not too long ago. Not the most recent one, but the the one that rebooted this, the game series. Um, because I've, I've had that in my steam library for a couple years. I picked it up when it was like nine bucks on a sale one time and never, never <laughs> really launched it. So, but that's a fun game. Uh, I'm kind of enjoying my time there, but unfortunately most of my time, uh, is getting sucked away from that because I'm still playing so much fallout four. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, I just wanted to clear something up here because me and DJ play on this Brotherhood of Steel and Institute thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My Brotherhood of Steel stuff is is kind of an act in in some ways. I mean, they, right. were, my, they were the first faction that I encountered. <laughs> and, and I just, you know, the gung-ho attitude is, is fun for me. But I actually aligned with the railroad in the game. So um, I'm kind of walking the tightrope because I don't want to. I'd love to have the Brotherhood of Steel, you know, using their vertebrates for me and and their heavy machinery and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, really, I I feel more at home with the railroad and and kind of with with mm-hmm. their mission. You, you can complete the game with having them both still alive. It I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try. <laughs> but I'm already banished from the institute, so there goes that one. <laughs> <laughs> Blow that up every time. Institute, like once you're in there, you're like, I feel like I'm in like Apple headquarters. It's really weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At the same point, I'm expecting like nets to be outside the windows for the people that are working there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's way too Orwellian for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, their double standards. Oh, we're trying to protect humanity by killing it off. Like, uh, how blown? Okay, without spoilers, how blown was your mind when you when you learned about your your son you're trying to find? Um, I was pretty much spoiled before I even got there. Oh, that's unfortunate. You know, I I wasn't learned yet. (laughs) Dance around the answer, though, Brax. (laughs) I, I wasn't spoiled per se, but I had. I had a lot of hunches that uh, it, what direction it was going just from, you know, kind of thinking through, okay, so what year is this? And mm. wh- when, did, when did all this mm. happen? And, you know, I was just kind of thinking, yeah. so it wasn't a huge surprise, but it was when I finally uh, did, did find him, it was, it was kind of fun. You know, it was one of those screenshot moments. <laughs> I've, I've gotten that fast. Well, actually almost from the start um, where, where, I think it's, it's, it was more a misinterpretation that I thought um, when you wake up uh, the second time in the vault, mm-hmm. um, when you're frozen, and and I'm I first thought it was right after, uh, or sorry, it was um, like um, I saw it immediately as it was very long time after um, the first time happened. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 
yeah, and I guess the, the point was I should have thought it was right after. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm not making sense, am I? <laughs> no, no, I can see you You're dancing on... around the answer. <laughs> You're actually on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've, of course, been playing uh, some of the Infinity Evolve Skyblock nonsense, as I call it. I honestly, Ray, I'm getting, I'm hitting, uh, I'm hitting a wall where I can't really I... progress much <laughs> further, and it's sort of driving me crazy. <laughs> And I think it, I hit walls every every time I look at the uh, the recipes for the things I want next, and then I reverse engineer where I need to go to get to that, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I have uh, one of the guys on my server, uh, Scott Viper. He is building a creative power cell, like. Uh, Good luck to, to him. Yeah, look up that. <laughs> yeah. That's like an in-game thing. And so he has, and, and honestly, love the guy to death. But when I need something and I don't feel like grinding out a few resources, I just fly to his base on my uh, my, my enchanted broom <laughs> and steal it. And he just doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I did get some respect, though, when I did fly into his base because we're like 2,000 blocks apart. So. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think I need more friends like this. <laughs> <laughs> I need a cup of a cup of sugar for some pie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me get my sugar broom. players. <laughs> uh, I restarted playing Galactic Science at the behest of my kids because they I don't know what it is they love that mod pack, so I'm like I guess I'll just replay it. Um, <laughs> I started up playing Shopkeep, which is fantastic. Uh, oh, I, I love I've, that! I have recorded every second for me playing that game, and I love it. So you will see a lot more episodes of that on my YouTube channel. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't sold. <laughs> it's, it's like a mix between the, uh, you know, those time management games, so small, quick ones, and um, and a role playing game. It's yeah. very interesting combo. And each round can easily last like fifty minutes to an hour. I'm guessing. Yeah. And just it's 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 hilarious because you're constantly trying to restock shelves, and then you got all these people, and then out of nowhere, some dude just shoplifts right in front of you, and then like you go chasing, and you have the option of just obliterating them, or, but you know, of course, I you know kill everybody in between him and I, so <laughs> it's a great thing. So uh, I did pick up on Steam uh, Turok Dinosaur Hunter, or as I call it. Arc version zero. Eh? Eh? True. I am Turok. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hmm. dude, that game is just as fun as it was on, on the Nintendo 64. The, mm. I, if you see it on sale, everybody pick it up. And of course, I'm still trotting on my single playthrough of Lotro, and I am somewhere in Lothlorien. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody that's been following along my quest through uh, Middle Earth. I've made it to Lothlorien. I've made it out of Moria, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> That's and about the time to... I actually uh, finished, uh, well, I actually uh, left the uh, Middle Earth scene. Really? Mm-hmm. I want to start speeding up a little bit, DJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've like, heard okay, that now, now I'm done with Moria. There's nothing more for me here. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug, if you want to learn more about that, tune in to Lotro Players News on Saturday night. <laughs> Do it! Hey! <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so uh, we apparently have what has been written down as 111 supporters on Patreon. <laughs> oh, fantastic. If you would like to support shows on the Players Alliance, like XP Quest, simply go to the donations page where you can support the Players Alliance on Patreon. There you will find rewards including a mention on the podcast of your choice or even a guest for an episode on XP Quest. Woohoo! Woo. It's well worth it. And <laughs> Drac is saying, yeah. too soon, Brax. <laughs> <laughs> so you can always contact us at podcast at XP Quest or you can follow us on Twitter at Players Ally for the Players Alliance at XP Quest or myself at DJ Pimp Daddy. That is the easiest way to get a hold of any of us. We are very chatty on Twitter, apparently. And you could follow our guests. Uh, Whiteberry is at T O A R D A Tarda. Two Arda. Two Arda. Tarda. Okay. Or you could go to her website, www.sendmeallyourpiesorIWillBiteYourAnkle.info. Um, I can't believe you registered that. <laughs> Good. Good. Really? had a sale. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Raytech, you could be found on Twitter at Raytech Rages or at YouTube slash user slash Raytech Rages. Uh, you will find all these in the show notes. And of course, Braxwood, uh, you can find it over at Braxwoof or at Braxwoof or yeah, Braxwoof.com. Or you can find his fantastic podcast, by the way. Kudos for that. Uh, Beyond Boss Fights is on iTunes or any of your other various uh, streaming services. Yep. It's on the blog as well. You can find it there. Can also be found on Stitcher. Yes. That too. I'm I'm an iTunes guy. I don't know what these other things are. I've heard of them. (laughs) I just don't know what they are. (laughs) Apple latest. I know. I love us. Join now us. it's starting. It's starting to make sense. The whole institute thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So don't forget to follow the other Players Alliance live shows. Mondays at eight thirty Eastern. You got DDO Players News, which is hopping still. Uh, hopefully, uh, DDO will continue because uh, they have really found their stride. Have you been in any other live shows recently? It is nuts. Is it, you mean Drax shows? Yeah. All right, Drac. Keep keep rolling. <laughs> yeah, he's actually has like celebrity guests all the time and stuff too. It's it's fantastic. Awesome. Like Bob Barker? Yes, yeah, Bob Barker. And uh they have mini leather round books uh on <laughs> mahogany shelves. Um <clears throat> Every other Thursday-ish night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have XP Quest, allegedly. Or so I've been told. And uh, the last Friday of every month, there is Lotro Academy. Thank you, whoever updated that document. And Saturdays at 8.30 Eastern, we have the flagship Lotro Players News. And, of course, you can always join our live shows here, xpquest.com slash live. Nobody ever clicks on that link. So... Next episode, I promised these guys over at Avalon Online that we would talk about their stuff. They reached out and contacted me. So I might actually have some guests uh, from the, 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 the devs from that. But Avalon, it's avalon-rpg.com. It is the 
oldest running RPG, uh, I think, that's still out there running electronically. It is a text-based RPG, uh, like a MUD, uh, a multi-user dungeon, where you just, you telnet into it and you just start playing. It is bizarre and wonderful and really? intriguing. So I, I highly suggest everybody go out there and check it out and drop them a line because I don't think they know that we're going to do the show about them. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pester them with a stick and get them on the show. So <laughs> we're going to talk about Avalon. They so need everybody... to stick that sucker behind a modem bank. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got to get a Telnet client to play the game. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Kids these days don't know what Telnet is. <laughs> So, okay. Any final thoughts from the uh, uh, the the assembled Illuminati of people here? Hi. I would like to say thank you, and uh, it's been a pleasure spending time with uh, yourself, DJ, once again, and also for the first time uh, chatting with uh, Braxwolf and Whiteberry for any length of period. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Thanks, yeah. DJ. Yeah. Thank you, DJ, and to you to Brax and Ratic. And and dang in absentia, it's um it's been a pleasure and fun to catch up on this. <laughs> I'm just happy I've had the, the the first players alliance podcast a long time. It has a blue screen apparently. I get that record. <laughs> <laughs> War never changes. <laughs> We'll leave it yes, at that. She does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's our outro. Everyone have a good night. Good night. Good night. Wait, wait, wait. I have another settlement that needs your help. <laughs> Kill Preston. <sighs> Where's my fat man? Um, I'll just have to apologize, Jaius, for the disastrous start I had because I thought everyone was getting this feedback as me. I think I ruined the whole start. I'm sorry. Because I reinstalled Mixler, apparently it reset all the settings, and anytime anybody said anything in chat, it dinged on my computer. So now I think like yeah, I was gonna I was gonna tell you about that. I was trying to figure like I'm digging through. I'm oh, digging God. through all the settings without trying to screw up the recording. And I'm like, where? There's the setting somewhere in here to shut off the ding because it just keeps well, see, dinging. DJ, I, I would have let you know about it, but then it would have created another ding.
literally, I think I think you got you must have gotten the Steam pop up that I was playing Fallout 4 because I literally launched it for the very first time, and then I get this Steam message that says, "Hey, you want to be on a podcast about Fallout 4?" <laughs> <laughs> And I never got to bitch about Bethesda. Oh. <laughs> I guess that'll be next episode. No. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll make my own podcast just for that. Then <laughs> then I can have a podcast every month because every month I'm told by them that uh, that my, my my refund has been processed and I need to be patient. <laughs> that's, that's happened for six months now. Five months. What did you buy? It was, um, well, I bought Fallout Shelter. Mm -hmm. um, now, see, now see and, there's your first problem. You bought a mobile <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, then I, I think I bought like free um, transaction in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, an, on the Android app. And um, then the, the whole game crashed and there was nothing to do. And when I reinstalled it, the, the things I had bought, it's, it's no big, uh, you know, it's, it's not a lot of money or anything. But mm -hmm. they were gone when I reinstalled it. So, you know, oh. I had <laughs> written the money off, um, all the, the things off. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to send them a ticket. <laughs> and if they had ignored that ticket, I would be pretty happy today because I would have forgotten all about it and just thought, okay, that's that was sad. But they have <laughs> written me like six times now since February. Okay, we're getting you your money. And it just agitates me every time that I don't get my money and I have to write them again because now it's just a matter of principle that I really... <laughs> You know, they, they do the same thing every time. And I write to them, okay, can you check, please check why it didn't work last time and last time and last time instead of just doing the same again? And they just write, oh, um, we read your, um, your ticket every time and we can't see what goes wrong, but I have processed it now. Okay, great. <laughs> because it's just going to, to do the same again. But I clicked it's the button again, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I've written to them very nicely that maybe you should try to find out why it doesn't go through to me. No, no, no. The, the, the exactly. level one guys don't care about that. <laughs> oh my god! No, so yeah. now, now it's actually a bit of a challenge to see how many months they will just do the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my money's worth. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, agitated. 